Hello and welcome to the Swift Coders Podcast, where each week we interview an amazing Swift developer about their experience with Apple's new open source programming language. We hear their stories, learn their tips and tricks, and try to leave you feeling inspired and empowered on your Swift Coder journey. I'm your host, Garrick, and today's guest is Jesse Squires. Jesse is an iOS developer at Instagram and the curator of Swift Weekly Brief. Welcome to the show, Jesse. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to be here. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for being here. How's it going? What are you up to? Uh, good. Uh, nothing. Just uh, woke up this morning and had breakfast and um, went through GitHub notifications like usual. Uh, pretty really? Much <laughs> Interesting. <Yeah>. But <laughs> I just read that prioritization article and it was like, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> That's yeah. so interesting. I literally was just reading it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's I, Sunday, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, <clears throat> I, I I didn't do any work. I uh, I just looked at them briefly uh, and nice. then uh, uh, closed that tab. But uh, so, there's, so there's like lots you... of irony in that, that post, okay. uh, very intentionally. So Oh, interesting. Yeah. So there's like a, a subcontext. There is. There's, oh. Yeah, there's actually a lot happening in that post. Um, oh, whoa. But, <laughs> yeah. But I think it's, um, I mean, there, there is certainly a lot of truth in there. Um, yeah. Um, I, it, I'm definitely trying to uh, manage things differently. I mean, I have been for a while now, but that post was just kind of uh, uh, an expression of uh, years of like open source work and just kind of how the industry views it and things like that. So have you been contributing to open source for a really long time? Yeah, I started. Um, so uh, the the first project that got me involved with open source, uh, I was at Indiana University and uh, the Info project there, which is I-N-P-H-O. It's the uh, Indiana Philosophy Ontology project, and they're um, uh, basically uh, modeling the discipline of uh, philosophy. I, I did just like very minor work there um, as part of some research projects, basically. And during that time, I was doing um, so. So that that project is open source, uh, but. And that's the reason I created my GitHub account in the first place. Oh, um, wow. How long ago was that? Uh, that was around uh, 2011, 2012, probably. Okay. Something like that. So, so at least you've been contributing openly, like in the public, you know, to open source for like five years? Yeah, yeah, roughly. It's uh, interesting to think, think about like... Uh, you think about it that way to have like such a big perspective on, I mean, there's people who have been contributed to even longer. I've only been oh. doing it for just like a year or so. And it's like, sure. it's interesting to think about, to have that perspective. And so you write this, this prioritization article and I might have to go back and read it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I want to ask you, cause like, I know we're getting like really deep. We're getting really deep, like very, very quickly. Um, <laughs> right. and, like we both kind of just woke up. But like, so before we get like too deep into your history, like what sure. do you mean when you 
say github notifications so like what are the type of notifications that you get like as an open source sort of developer like is it like people are submitting issues and people are submitting pull requests yeah so it kind of depends on how how you set up your um your account settings on github um so right now one thing i do with with github and most services like um, you know, a lot of things they have like, like when you log in on the web, you have like whatever kind of notification interface, but then they also have like settings where they just spam your email with those notifications also. So yeah, like promotions and things. Yeah. Well, oh, oh, also, sorry with the same, with the same notifications. That's right. Yeah. 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 So the, the first thing I do for anything like this is immediately turn off all the emails. It's like, Definitely. I do not want any email. Um, but then, yeah, for the web interface, it's, um, basically any, uh, uh, any of my own projects, uh, anytime there's, uh, a new issue or a new pull request or a comment on something, uh, that notification gets into my, like, queue. Uh, and then I watch the, uh, Apple uh, the Swift repos, um, to check out like what's happening there. Um, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. And, and that's, that goes into like, um, how I, how I do stuff for the, the Swift weekly brief. Um, but most of those notifications I, I ignore. Um, I kind of skim through those, the Apple ones, um, just periodically. So, so, so <clears throat> you live, you woke up this morning and you're checking your GitHub notifications. I, I I think that's really cool. Like I check my Twitter. That's like my pretty active one. I'm not that active on like GitHub yet. You know, I have a couple projects, but like mm-hmm. I'm just looking at your GitHub right now and like, you know, 2000 contributions in the last year. You have like, <laughs> you know, thousands of stars and like thousands of branches, I think is this next one. What's this one? Forks or branches? Anyway, so, like, yeah, I can imagine, like, and plus you're doing this with weekly briefs, so, like, I can imagine it's, like, it's a lot. Um, but, yeah, on a Sunday morning, like, yeah, I mean, that's, I woke up, the first thing I did was I, I went to sleep last night. Yeah. Super, like, frustrated because I couldn't figure out this thing, and mm-hmm. I almost couldn't mm-hmm. sleep. Yeah, first yeah. thing I did when I woke up in the morning was, like, solved it, and <clears throat> so I'm pretty happy about that. Um, nice. More info on that later. I'm going to, I think it's pretty cool. I might open source it um, once I like kind of fine tune it. But okay, yeah, yeah. before too much time gets away from us, mm-hmm. I want to learn about you and like, and who you are. You do a lot of amazing things. Um, you're, you're a big part of the, the Swift community. Let's, uh, l- you know, and I want to get into all that. And before we do, let's just like learn about Jesse, who you are, like where you come from. So you live in San Francisco, correct? Yeah, uh, actually in Oakland, but close enough. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like this is that where the Instagram office is somewhere in there, like in in San Francisco, or uh, the uh, Instagram office is in Menlo Park, actually. So if you're in SF and you you go south, um, if there's no traffic, you know, like thirty minutes, a thirty minute drive south, and you'll be in Menlo Park. So you have to take the, you like commute every day? You have to take a bus or, or you drive or something? Yeah, yeah. I commute down there. Um, uh, at least one or two days a week, I will work from home. So, oh, nice. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I like to I like to say work remotely. 
<laughs> yeah. 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 Because, but, you know, it doesn't matter where I'm working at home, working at some other place. I'm just like, you know, right. I'm just working remotely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So I, I told uh, Greg this too, because I, I interviewed Greg recently and it's like, you know, you're living in San Francisco or, you know, Oakland and you're working at Instagram. Instagram's like one of the coolest things out in terms of like social. <laughs> um, it really is. And like, Almost to the, you know, to the point that you don't even realize that, like, it, Facebook owns it, you know? Like, you kind of forget that because, like, you're just like, ah, it's Instagram, and I love Instagram, and, like, it's okay. Right, um, right. And, you know, you're, you're an iOS developer. Apple's, like, the dopest platform. Uh, I don't know. It's just, like, kind of living the dream. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about that? How do you feel? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it depends on uh, how you define the dream, you know? Um I don't think it's, uh, I, I think there's a lot of kind of uh, hype around like Silicon Valley and working here and living here and stuff. Um, but really, I think it depends on, uh, I really think it depends on individuals and, and like, you know, what you want and what you're looking for and what you value. Um, I think there's a lot of, uh, or there, there can be a lot of misconceptions about Silicon Valley, I think. I think there's actually, you know, we often view it as like this very, um, uh, yeah, this very like dreamlike kind of uh, area. Uh, but I think there's actually a lot of like, I don't know, detrimental things about Silicon Valley, to be honest. Okay, okay. Yeah. So with that said then. Yeah. What is it that you want? What is it that you like as an individual? Like, what is it that brought you there? I mean, you're there. You're working there, right? And so, right. like, so what is it about what what is there as we might view as like um, the dream? Like, what is it that keeps you there? What what is it that brought you there, and what is it that keeps you there? Then, yeah. So um, when I was done with university uh, and looking for jobs, um, I actually applied uh, to a handful of places uh, uh, all around uh, the U.S. Actually, there were a couple places in Austin, some in Chicago, and um, maybe a few other, maybe Seattle or something, um, and then a couple places in San Francisco. Um, and, you know, I, so I grew up in, uh, the Louisville, Kentucky area, like Southern Indiana, Louisville, Kentucky. And, um, I was interested in getting out of the Midwest for sure. Uh, with the exception of Chicago, I would have gone there. Um, but yeah, I was interested in, in leaving and just like doing something totally different. And, uh, that's just kind of the way that, cards fell like um the the best offer i got was uh in san francisco and uh i really liked uh california well at least the idea of california uh i had never been there actually until i went to do interviews uh i came to sf for a week and interviewed with uh two different companies um I can elaborate more on that if you want, because it's kind of a funny story. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, so there's uh, there are two companies that 
uh, I was in contact with here. Uh, so one of them, um, it was this company, uh, I can't remember the name now. There was, they're just a small company that just does like client work. Um, so just like a dev shop kind of thing. Right. And, like an agency. Um, yeah. And I, uh, I, I got connected with them through open source actually. Um, so there's this guy, uh, this developer named Matthew Strickland, and he uh, made a an iOS GitHub client uh, back in the day, like 2011, 2012. And he used one of my uh, projects, uh, one of my open source projects in uh, that app and uh, tweeted at me, gave me like a free download code for the app. Um, and it was really cool. That's how we, how we met. Um, and he reached out to me eventually cause they had open positions. And, um, uh, so I, I talked with him and then, uh, basically what happened is they, they flew me out for an interview, uh, that company. Uh, but I wasn't really that interested in doing, uh, like working for like an agency like that, like a dev shop. Uh, right. but I still just wanted to interview and, and check it out. Um, and at the same time, I was talking with uh, Rosetta Stone. Um, oh, interesting. Because they had an office in SF. Uh, but they were just going to do everything, uh, all the interview stuff uh, remotely. Okay. And uh, I feel like in-person interviews are just much better. Um, much better for me personally. Uh, I think I can you know, present myself better in person and, and things like that. So, um, you know, I, I really wanted to do something in person, but, you know, Rosetta Stone wasn't really doing that. So I flew out for this other company and I was like, hey, Rosetta Stone, I'm just, I happen to be in the city so I can just come do my interview in person. Because um, Rosetta was the company I was more interested in. What did um, they say? So they, uh, they kind of scrambled and, uh, like, uh, got a, a day booked for me to come in. Um, and then, uh, so I was here for maybe a little less than a week. Um, so I kind of, <laughs> kind of used this other company to fly me out here so that I could get this in-person interview with Rosetta Stone. <laughs> um, so I, I did interviews at, at both companies um, and then I had one friend out here that I stayed with for a few days. And, uh, then I, uh, before I got to the airport, um, they had both called me back with offers. <laughs> so nice. then I got on the plane, went back home and then, um, eventually, uh, yeah, made the decision to go with, uh, Rosetta Stone and then re- they, helped me relocate and all of that stuff. And so did um, you start at Rosetta Stone as an iOS developer? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, did you you go to school for like to be an iOS developer or something? Like I know Stanford has like an iOS developer course. Is that, or were you just doing it on the side or no? Uh, yeah. So actually, um, I, I went to school for, uh, computer science, you know, just like your standard computer science degree. And, uh, Toward the end of that, I started doing iOS uh, on my own, and um, uh, that's where 
um, a lot of my experience came from, just like uh, doing some independent work. Um, I actually, I ended up doing some school projects in iOS. Uh, I had a professor who was a small talk programmer. Oh, and wow. Small talk is what uh, Apple's programming language before Objective-C or basically like rolled into Objective-C? Um, I, I don't think it was... Or Smalltalk's a framework or something? No, no. So Smalltalk is a, a programming language. Um, uh, I don't think Apple developed it. I, I can't uh, remember, we'll, actually. We'll link, we'll link to it, but I've heard of it. Yeah. And so, uh, so people like to describe uh, Objective-C as if uh, C and Smalltalk had a baby. Um, okay. So like the like the bracket syntax and like the the entire idea of like message passing in Objective C that's all borrowed from Smalltalk. Um, okay. And the like the dynamism of Objective C is borrowed from Smalltalk. Um, Smalltalk was like really popular um, uh, in its day, I guess. Uh, I think from my understanding, it was like largely used for uh, financial applications uh i can't remember exactly though so, so your um, professor was like a small talk genius or what yeah pretty much uh yeah he was like really into it um if you're familiar with uh martin fowler uh and his book refactoring um this professor he was a co-author of that oh, book wow. yeah he, he had a really large uh influence on me um and so I, uh, his name is Don Roberts, by the way. Uh, Don so Roberts. Yeah. Um, so, uh, eventually like my, my final year at university, I convinced him to start an iOS class. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. So like my, when I first started, um, I tried to do some iOS stuff on my own, um, like end of high school, beginning of college. And there are like, there are a few conceptual hurdles and things that I like, I just couldn't get over. I got Aaron Hillegas's books uh, on iOS development. He's the, the big nerd ranch guy. Right, right. Um, and I went through some of those books and yeah, there, there are a few things that I could just never, like, I, I just couldn't get. And, uh, so even with like all your programming experience, learning iOS development and Objective-C was still, there were portions of it, you know, parts of it that were a little difficult. Yeah. I mean, at that point I had only done, um, like C, C++ and Java in school. And so, um, some of the things, uh, mostly like some of the patterns used in Coco, um, I just didn't fully grasp or, um, yeah, I, I just had some trouble with it, actually. And then, so what did you do? Well, I, I convinced this professor to uh, teach a class on iOS. And Were you able to t take the class, or did you graduate already? No, so I was able to take it my final year. And, nice. Um, yeah, it was uh, one of the higher-level elective classes, and so um, I took that and... Um, uh, that like having an actual class and, um, having a professor like explain some of these things, like got me over that hurdle. And, uh, at that point, 
like everything just kind of clicked uh, during that class. And that's when I really started like rolling with iOS. I think it's a it's a good yeah. it's a good point a good lesson. It's like if the resources aren't out there, just make them happen, and that's what you did. Like you wanted a course in iOS, and you just told your professor to make one. By the time <laughs> right. you by the time you got yeah. hired at Rosetta Stone, how many years of iOS developer experience did you have? Just like personal, um, you know, actually just like working with iOS development. Yeah, at that point, it was probably like like one or two. Um, okay. Wow. So for this like for this iOS class. Um, uh, like we, we had a final project where we had to like make our own app. And then I ended up doing like my, uh, senior project, like doing this iOS app. Um, and actually I got the like senior project design award for that or something, whatever it's called. All right. Um, <laughs> and so, so I had like those two things. And then, um, I did some contracting work with a friend and, um, uh, doing this third app. Uh, so I had a decent amount of experience, I guess. Um, how long, how long did you work at, um, sorry, Rosetta Stone until you went to Instagram? Uh, I was there for about two years. Oh, okay. So by the time you got hired at Instagram, you already had like, I don't know, three, four years or something. Yeah. Plus like a CS degree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So roughly like two years of quote, like real work experience like in the industry and then uh, uh like one or two years of independent work so why did you want to go to why did you want to work for rosetta stone um honestly it, it was uh it was kind of just the best opportunity i had at the time i was uh i was in a situation where uh i needed to make decisions <laughs> And so uh, I couldn't really uh, like stay where I was, and it was like time to like decide what I was going to do with my life. <laughs> you took the you took the best opportunity that you had to like to to get what you wanted, which was to get out of there and, and like have a new chapter in your life. Yeah, basically. And uh, the team at Rosetta Stone happened to be just really awesome, uh, and I really liked the people there when I went there and met them. And uh, I'm still in touch with many of them today. Um, and uh, yeah, it, like overall, it was just a really good experience. And like, I just got really lucky. Like the people there were really great. Um, like, I had some good mentors there. And uh, I think it was like a really positive, like uh, first job experience, I think. So why did you go to Instagram? Uh, so Rosetta Stone was, uh, not doing so well. Uh, the, the company was going through like different rounds of layoffs. And, uh, so I decided it was time to like try to find something else. And, um, so I had a few contacts by that point at different companies and, uh, interviewed a, at a, a handful of different places, uh, that I thought were interesting. And, uh, the thing that drew me to like Facebook and Instagram in general was, uh, well, really all the companies, it, it's really like my own curiosity. Like, um, even now I'll still like, uh, take phone calls from recruiters, um, for companies that I think are interesting or even like do interviews even if I don't really 
if I'm not looking for a job, like if I don't care, just so I can like learn more about that company and what they're doing. Um, so a lot of like where I went was just like pursuing my own curiosities. Um, and so did something, did something at Instagram sort of capture your curiosity, curiosity? I mean, I would imagine a lot of these very engineering driven companies are really exciting to work for because like you get to do the coolest like programming stuff, like in terms of process or trying new things and then open sourcing stuff. It seems to me like it's just really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there, there seemed to be like a really strong open source uh, culture at, at Facebook and just like a very engineering driven uh, kind of culture as well, both of which are true. Um, it is very much um, uh, engineering driven and engineering focused um, as opposed to a, a more top down uh, kind of structure. I mean, of course, that that top-down aspect does exist, but um, uh, there's just like such a strong like engineering uh, culture there um, that I think overall is is pretty good. Um, By the time you were applying for to work at Instagram or got hired at Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, like what was sort of your what was your sort of contribution? Um, or maybe even like to use the word reputation, like in the, the community, uh, you know, like now you have all these open source projects, you do Swift Weekly Brief, you do Swift Unwrap, which we'll talk about. You, you know, you travel uh, to lots of different conferences around the world and speak. You speak often at um, Slug, the Swift language user group in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, when you got hired at Instagram, was it for Swift? Was it for Objective-C? And like, what was your... W- you know, were you just, I think like the first thing I ever saw was you were, it was just like blog posts that you wrote. I think I read your blog post on like how to use NSURL session. Um, I think, unless I'm getting confused with, no, never mind. That was James Quayson. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It might have been J, someone else. JQ, JSQ. <laughs> right, right. Um, so like what, yeah, like what were you, were you like really big in the community when you got hired at Instagram or did that come after? Um, a little bit. So, um, at that point, um, yeah, I had written a few, uh, blog posts, uh, that had gotten, uh, some traction, uh, while at Rosetta Stone. Um, in the very early days of Swift, I, um, uh, I wrote a blog post on Swift performance, like measuring between the different versions of, of Swift and Xcode. And uh, Daring Fireball linked to that. Um, and then Dave at iOS Dev Weekly linked to that. Um, and those kind of uh, uh, took off uh, at the time. Um, Do you feel like that helped you during your interview process at Instagram? I, I talked with Greg a little bit about like interviewing at Instagram, like, I imagine it's pretty rigorous. Like they're doing like all these like crazy coding challenges that I hear about, like link list and bi-directional <laughs> tree or something like that. You know, like yeah. was, was it, was the, your interview experience, was it like that? And do you feel like your contributions to the community helped? Uh, I, so I don't think the interview process is, is that intense or that scary. That's also kind of, um, uh, uh, 
a myth, I think, about Silicon Valley. I mean, the interview process at these companies, um, like including Apple and Google and whatever, uh, they're, they're not trivial, but I don't think they are um, like these really crazy things that sometimes people make them out to be. Um, I'm not trying to trick you. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, they're not trying to trick you. Um, uh, they are uh, fairly straightforward and just questions to make you think, basically. Um, but, uh, uh, sorry, what was the, uh, <laughs> what was no, your that's question? That's okay. I mean, I guess like sort of what I'm trying to get at is there's a lot of people out there who might want to one day work at a company like Instagram and maybe they don't have like a CS degree, but they have the passion and they show that through the code that they do and the contributions they make to the community. And I wonder if a company like Instagram uh, can see, you know, see that. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, also at that point, uh, so I hadn't started the Swift Weekly Brief yet at that point, um, I don't think. And, uh, uh, but the, the main project that I was known for at the time uh, was JSQ Messages. Um, and so uh, that library became really popular, um, and that was all by accident also. <laughs> um, and so uh, some of the people I talked to knew about that project, um, uh, when I was interviewing, um, and I, I don't think it really played a huge part in that. Um, but I do think that, um, I think all companies in general kind of look for, um, when, when they're looking at candidates, I think they definitely take into account like, uh, all these different aspects, right? Like if this person is blogging or doing open source, um, I, don't, I don't think those are ever deciding factors because there's plenty of people who don't do those things and just have a really solid resume of work that they've done for other companies. But uh, I think if you do have that stuff, um, it is considered, yeah. So... Before we move on to like the Swift section, there's a couple things that I want to ask you kind of skipped over. Um, mm -hmm. One is like, when did you start programming? Like what's your earliest memory of programming? Yeah, uh, I, I started programming around um, probably, I think it was my sophomore or junior year in high school. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah, so... Most uh, people I interview, they say like, oh, when I was like five or six. Yeah, no, not me. Uh, I I was always interested in it. I always thought it was cool. Uh, but for the most part, I thought it was something that uh, I couldn't do. I played a lot of video games. And so I always like, I always thought about like creating video games. And I thought that would be cool. But it just seemed so hard to me. I was like, oh, that... I could never do that. Um, right. I can never do that. Exactly. That is you, something that we say to ourselves. Yeah. And uh, if you're familiar with uh, like the code.org, uh, uh, I don't know what you would call it, movement, I guess, you know, the whole like hour of code and. Yeah. Um, Apple you know, like is a part of that. Yeah. You know, they're, they're pushing for like uh, computer science education in high schools and in the United States and, 
at least when that, I don't know what the statistic is now, but when that started, uh, only 10% of high schools in the U.S. offered a programming course. Uh, so I was, like, I was lucky enough that my high school uh, had multiple programming courses, actually. Um, and a friend convinced me to take one like my sophomore or junior year, I can't remember. Um, I had no experience, and it was like this, uh, this AP Java class. I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, and I signed up for it, and then um, it was weird. Like, everything, it was awesome. I loved it, and everything just clicked. And uh, there were students in the class that had taken... Uh, at least one or two classes before, uh, like more like intro level classes. And this was like the highest level class. And I was still like catching on to things, like doing things, um, like finishing projects before them. Um, I don't know what it was. Like everything just kind of made sense to me. And uh, at that point, I was like, I think this is what I want to do. So, um, <laughs> right on. Yeah. And then, uh, so that was like the, the first class. Then I took a few more until I graduated, like at least one each year, something like that. Um, when remember, we met, sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I remember, uh, I mean, my dad had this like terrible, uh, Dell, uh, PC and I would stay up until like one or 2 AM just writing these like Java console apps. Um, just most of the time I had no idea what I was doing. I was just so curious. I was just experimenting with a bunch of different things, um, just writing really stupid code. Um, but yeah, I was just like staying up late at night. I was so into it. I was so, um, just, just curious and, um, yeah, it just, it, it just drew me in. I was going to say, when we met at Swift Summit uh, this last this last time, I think it was in November 2016, mm -hmm. I thought I remember you mentioning that you played in a band. You played like in a hardcore band or something like that? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's also in that uh, prioritization blog post. Um, right, yeah. You like, you reference coding like in one of your lyrics or something? Yeah, yeah. So there was a uh, dead beef or something. Yeah, yeah. So that um uh I mean that's that's what that song was about really. Uh but yeah, in uh part of high school and then later in college, um yeah, uh, I had a couple friends and uh yeah, we had this hardcore band and um we never <laughs> played that much, uh but we had a lot of fun and um yeah, that's what it's about yeah i played in a band i played in a blues band for six years i played harmonica oh that's awesome i i think that's one of the things that i really uh am attracted uh about by you is like you know for instance your twitter profile like you're wearing all black and you like you do look <laughs> like this kind of like punk rock hardcore kind of person right and like <laughs> right. the typical like i was just watching jurassic park the other day and like the the, the programmer in that was like this big like fat like um <laughs> like obnoxious like messy guy right and so maybe growing up like that is what a programmer was you know but i think it's really important that when people look up and look around at 
who is in this community that they're thinking about uh, joining, that they see someone that they feel like they can relate to. And I think like if I'm some kid in Indiana that likes, you know, hardcore music, but I also like programming and I look at Jesse Squires (laughs) as an example, like that, you know, that's like, oh, I can, I could do that too. So, so I just think that that's like a really interesting thing. It's nothing that you're doing consciously. It's just who you are. But I think that, I think it's, I think there it's more there's more of that now that the iPhone touches so many people therefore there's more iOS developers like mm-hmm. there's going to be more of that there already is and there's just continuing to be more of that which I think is important because that means that our community is just going to continue to be more diverse um Yeah sure. know, so that was just something that I always appreciated about about your I don't know your whole persona your whole being I guess Yeah yeah thanks yeah I mean uh yeah, one of the things I think is the value is just like being you, like, For and sure. like that's okay. That's actually I think a good way to say it. Like, you're up there talking about protocol oriented programming, and you have don't you have a sleeve like tattoo sleeve or something? Yeah, yeah. I have, and uh, so it's just <laughs> and you're wearing all black, and you got your like hoops in your you know your ears, right. and it's just like you're yeah, being yeah. true to who you are, and I think that's inspirational to to like people. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, yeah. Growing up uh, where I did. Um, there's actually a, a very good like hardcore and punk music scene, uh, which had uh, a huge influence on me. And um, I mean, I still listen to hardcore and punk and metal. I still go to all those shows in the Bay Area. Um, that's a, another thing that I love about this area is there's a ton of history regarding uh, hardcore punk and metal bands. Um, and there's like great scenes here for all of that. Um, yeah. And I think that the, uh, so obviously that came first, you know, I, I skated and I listened to this kind of music, um, and I was, uh, somewhat defiant <laughs> in my youth. Uh, yeah, I totally relate to you. And, uh, that subversiveness, um, like the subversiveness of the like hacking culture is what drew me into that. Not this like, not this terrible, like, um, Hollywood depiction of like fat white men in their mom's basement, (laughs) you know, like the, like learning about, um, like anonymous, um, the hacking group and, and other things like that were things that I thought were cool. And that's what I was more interested in. Um, you know, like the, the defiant behavior of programming. Um, and also just like the curiosity of like how things work and, um, yeah, making things for myself and, and all of that. So, all right, so we are well over the halfway point, so I definitely want to get into all of the Swift talk. But uh, before we do, I want to take a moment to tell every single listener out there <laughs> that I am here to help you push your life forward. Mm-hmm. So if you need anything from me, contact me on Twitter. Uh, one of the things I'm really interested in helping people do right now is start uh, Learn Swift LA uh, type of meetups in your local town. Uh, we have Learn Swift LA. We have Learn Swift Boston. I think someone's creating a Learn Swift Qatar. 
Uh, and so hit me up if you're if you're searching for other people in your town that are like you that want to learn. Um, you can be the center point to create that community and help yourself and help other people um, like I did. It really changes uh, your life and other people's lives. So reach out to me and I'll help you start a meetup for sure. And that's the show, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed listening to part one of the Swift Coders podcast. Stay tuned next week for part two. As always, feel free to share the show with a friend, leave a review on iTunes, or recommend us on Overcast. If you have any questions, comments, or you just want to say hi, contact me on Twitter. Until next time, go swiftly, my friends.